2018, here we are. And it's certainly uh, a year of uh, very special birthdays and anniversaries. Uh, this year I celebrated my 70th birthday. <clears throat> which I am very pleased uh, to uh, share with some of the great pillars of the British way of life, <laughs> like the National Health Service, uh, Walker's Crisps, <laughs> Tupperware, And, and sooty. <laughs> All 70 this year. Can you believe sooty is 70 this year? Amazing. But it's a real privilege to be here this morning as we celebrate the 40th birthday of Crawley Community Church. And it is really, really great to here we are 40 years on and Alan and Rachel and Dave and Al there in those early first days part of the original church group back in 1978. Now the church was uh, just over four years old when uh, Maggie and I joined uh, what was then Pound Hill Christian Fellowship which became Crawley Community Church with a change of name. And Maggie and I joined this church in March 1983 with our three children. And in fact, Maggie and I were one of the first fruits of this church's evangelism. Um, Maggie and I came from a, a non-Christian background. I knew nothing about church. Uh, I knew nothing about God, nothing about Jesus, uh, nothing about salvation. On that first morning, I walked in on the last Sunday in January 1983, walked into the church in Milton Mount Hall and got saved. And it just goes to show how much I knew about church at the time because I turned up that morning in a suit and a tie. <laughs> because I thought that's what you did when you went to church. You came in a suit and a tie. But I gave my life to Jesus. We were baptised in water on the 13th of March 1983 uh, and became part of this church. And by then, of course, I had uh, discovered that we don't go to church, but we are the church. Along with all the other believers, past, present and future, who call on the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if the first thing uh, I discovered was that you didn't need to wear in a suit and a tie to come to church, the second thing I discovered was a verse of scripture that remains with me today as my favorite verse in the Bible. It's in the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10. The thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come, says Jesus, that you may have life and have it to the full. You know, the thief is the devil, the ruler of this world. 
Three times in John's Gospel, chapters 12, 14, and 16, Jesus describes the devil uh, and his negative ways within the world and its people. But Jesus has come to give us abundant life. And a guy called uh, Eugene Peterson wrote the message. You may know it. It's a, a paraphrase version of the Bible. And uh, he says this, he says, Jesus came so that you may have a real and eternal life, a more and better life than you ever dreamed of. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because when you read God's word, please make sure you read every word of the verse. Because it says there that you may have abundant life. You may have abundant life. You may have abundant life. It's you, me, us. It's not just Terry Virgo, not just the Archbishop of Canterbury, not just the elders and leaders of the church. You, you. Now this abundant life should be the normal life of all believers. And this abundant life is to be enjoyed now. Because the only qualification to have this abundant life is that you are born again. Because when you are born again, Jesus makes himself known to you as the saviour of the world, having chosen you before the creation of the world. He offers you salvation, and you are now his possession. You are of immeasurable worth. You are priceless. You are beyond value. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is interceding for you. And you are now part of God's family. Is that good? That is brilliant. That is abundant life. Now that's what I was taught in this church way back in 1983. From people like Alan. And here we are in 2018. Hey, nothing's changed. We've still got that abundant life. It says in Ephesians 3, verse 20, he does immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work in us. His power that is work in us, in you. Hallelujah. His power causes things to happen in you and me. Ephesians 2 verse 10, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Yeah, you, little old you, a part of God's plan. Wonderful. Our response to this abundant life, we are offered that we need to do three things. One, be baptised in the Holy Spirit and be full of the Holy Spirit. That's number one. Number two, be in complete submission to the Father's will. And three, have a moment-by-moment moment fellowship with the Father. That's what Jesus did when he walked on this earth, and that's what we have to do. 
Now, having been saved in 1983, I count it as a great blessing when the leaders of this church then encouraged us to attend the first John Wimber Conference at the Brighton Centre. And I came back from that Wimber Conference full of the Holy Spirit, and I was never the same again. I was prayed into eldership in 1987, uh, gave up my job to join the full-time staff of this church in 1988, took over from Andy R. Scott as leader of this church in 1992, which I served for 22 years. And over the past 40 years, we have had the great privilege of seeing literally thousands of people pass through this church, moving to various parts of the UK, various countries of the world. I remember preaching at our 25th church anniversary back in 2003. There's a photograph uh, down in the corridor there with the mayor of, of Crawley, who we invited, and, and uh, the, uh, the, the MP at that time, Laura Moffat. And uh, I remember listing 13 countries of the world that had been affected by people who had first served here at CCC. And, and since then, and certainly under Steve's leadership, that number has grown and grown. Praise God. Praise God. You know, there was a prophecy many years ago that we would be a sending church. Do you remember that? That we would be a sending church. And I remember that word very clearly. We would send of our best. I'm still here. <laughs> Over those 40 years, we've seen four different men lead this church. Ian Wilkie for about eight years, Andy Oscott, about six years, myself, 22 years, and Steve since 2014. And wow, a lot has happened in that time. And throughout our 40 years, we have endeavoured as a church to be, as I said earlier, in complete submission to the Father's will. From those early days, meeting in Peter and Dorothy Hacker's Lounge in Pound Hill, uh, a room at Worth Corner on the Balkan Road, to Milton Mount Hall. Milton Mount Hall was starting to fill up by the time Maggie and I joined the church. And the first pastor of this church, Ian Wilkie, announced in July 1983 the start of the building project. <laughs> The elders have been praying and felt that God wanted to give us this church its own Sunday venue, you know, and a place to permanently house its growing ministries throughout the week. And they identified back then 0.6 of an acre of land in Worth. They'd found that, that, that particular plot. You remember it, Dave and Al, uh, Alan and Rachel, probably very well. 
And in fact, my first job as a church member, because I had a sort of a financial background, was to get the building fund up and running. That was my first job. Um, and over the years, we looked at various buildings and pieces of land to buy. In 1994, on apostolic advice, we purchased an interim building to house the ministries throughout the week, 40 Springfield Road. And it was too small to meet uh, on a, as a church on a, on, a, on a Sunday together, but we continued to pray and to look and ask God for what we should do. And Sunday by Sunday, we met in those various locations that were on the side of that cake, uh, Milton Mount Hall, Langley Green, School, Ifield Community College, Crawley College, St. Wilfrid's, and then to Hazelwick School in 1998. And then in 2007, Hazelwick School offered us an acre of land to build on. And as we looked in more detail at that, we knew that we would have to sell Springfield Road to provide the funds in order to build. So we needed somewhere to rent in the meantime to continue with our ministries. And we heard of some rented space available in Central Sussex College's West Green Campus, this building. And at the time, it was being unused. It was empty. It was just storage in here. Now, remember, I said as part of this abundant life, I said that we need to have a moment-by-moment fellowship with the Father. We need to listen to what God is saying. Sometimes we're very good at speaking, but we're not all that good at listening sometimes. And we need to listen to what God is saying. And when Brian Hewitt and I walked through those front doors on the last Friday in August 2009, as we walked through that door just to rent a few rooms in this building, I felt God say to me, this is the building I want you to buy. I asked the college if it was up for sale. They said no. But God said, buy the building. And after a meeting with the vice principal of the college, the college trustees met and decided to sell it. But not straight to us, but to the highest bidder by sealed bids to be submitted in January 2010. We prayed. Oh, how we prayed. (laughs) And I believe a significant moment was a Sunday evening in December 2009. We had hired the school hall, the school next door, just next door to specifically pray about the way forward. And we prayed, looking out the windows of that school hall onto this building. This building that we could physically see and we endeavoured to claim it for the Lord's. We were coming up towards Christmas and the school had cleared a space for our meeting. Whilst we were praying in that school hall, I noticed that the school had a nativity scene. But it had sort of been pushed over in the corner. 
in order for us to have our prayer meeting. And there was a crib. And I noticed that it was empty. And Jesus, in the form of this child's plastic doll, had fallen out and was just lying on its side in the corner. And I went over, got the crib, put it in the middle of our prayer meeting, and placed Jesus back in it. Okay, it was a cheap wooden crib and a child's plastic doll. But I felt that the symbolism of that was so important that in the building that we were praying for, Jesus was going to be in the centre of it. And would be in the centre of that building when we got it. We had by then £300,000 in our building fund. God had told us to buy the building, so we uh, prayed and decided to put in a sealed bid of £1.5 million. We applied to the banks for a mortgage. But of course, this was just after the worst banking crisis in history in 2008, and all the banks turned us down. One of the banks we applied to, we had banked with them as a church for 25 years. They could see from our bank statements all the tithes and offerings coming in from church members. And the man from HSBC said to me, those regular payments you get each month as a church, can you send me the contracts? <laughs> and I said, what contracts? He said, well, the contracts that the members have signed to keep paying the money to the church each month. I said, there aren't any contracts. He said, you mean they can stop paying at any time? Any time they want to? I said, yeah, absolutely. So he said, let me get this straight. You want us to lend you a million pounds when your main income stream can stop at any time? I said, yes. He said, declined. <laughs> but come January 2010, we put in an offer of 1.5 million for this building, even though we didn't have anything like that amount of money. We had a really magnificent offering of gifts and loans from the then church membership in that January of £207,000, which was phenomenal. But we were still a million pounds short. Mid-February came, and we received a phone call from Central Sussex College. The bids had been looked at, and they were pleased to accept our offer of 1.5 million pounds. Wow. What Central Sussex College didn't know at the time was that we didn't have 1.5 million pounds or anything close to it. Uh, some years before uh, this, um, a small church building, in fact it was Southgate Hall, the old Brethren building, some of you may know it, had come up for sale. And we'd looked at it um, and it was too small for us, but, but uh, I had met a man there from an organisation called Stewardship Services who supplied finance for church buildings. So we contacted them to see if they could lend us some money. And he said, well, they, actually, they were quite short of money. 
because of the banking crisis. And regrettably, all they had left was a million pounds. The exact amount that we needed. So Tim Watt, Rule Virgo, and myself, remember guys, we spent many hours, did we not, putting together another business plan to satisfy stewardship services that we could have actually afford the mortgage payments on this building. And about a month after, Central Sussex College said our bid had been successful, our loan was approved. And at last, we had the funds. Why? Because God said, this is the building you need to buy. Simples. The building we looked to get in 1983, when the building project was first started, was a building of 5,000 square feet with just over half an acre of land. What God gave us in this building was 17,000 square feet on two and a quarter acres of land. Ephesians 3 verse 20, he does immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work in us. Amen. Amen. And we completed the purchase and moved into this building on the 25th of May 2010. And this building has been since 2010 and I'm sure will continue to be a major factor in the future history of Crawley Community Church. It's only a building. It's only a building. The church, the people. That's the church, the people. But it is testimony to God's grace and mercy to a people whom he has promised abundant life. So remember, in your church life, in your personal life, be full of the Holy Spirit. Be in complete submission to the Father's will and have moment-by-moment fellowship with the Father. The future of this church is very, very bright. He's a miracle-working God, yeah? I mean, he's got to be a miracle-working God. The fact that I am a Crystal Palace supporter. (laughs) Man and boy, for 54 years, I have supported Crystal Palace. And when I retired, he got me to hand the church over to a Brighton supporter. (laughs) (laughs) May God bless you. May God bless us. Yeah. As we look to to the future, right, with great expectation. Amen. 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 Amen.